give it up for Jamaica. Come on. Thank you, Pastor Nelson. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to everybody at home. As a daughter, I'm going to take it real serious at the beginning. Here we go. As a daughter, thank you. Thank you for being a dad. Um, There are a lot of people, I know being a dad is a really, really hard job and it probably goes unnoticed very often, but you are changing the world. You truly have one of the best titles on this earth and it's not valued enough. So thank you so much for your commitment to your children because your children are changing the world that we get to live in. Thank you for loving the way that you do. Thank you for taking care of your family and happy Father's Day to the dads. Give it up for the dads. There's some amazing dads in the room. Ben Carter, this is your first, I almost like, was like, wait, when was Mia born? But yeah, this is your first Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to Ben Carter. He has a new song coming out, guys. Check that out on his Instagram. Yep, anyway. Um, I am so excited to be here with you today. Um, Before we get started, I um, just wanted to take a moment. It's not only Father's Day, but today is a big day in the life of our church. Um, And we are meeting in person, as uh, Pastor Nelson said, after over a year of um, meeting online. And um, wherever you're at on the journey, if you're gonna stay in Oasis online is your meat and potatoes, No, that was the incorrect use of that, but that's fine. Thanks for laughing, Emily. Um, But if if Oasis Online is your campus, I just want you to take a moment and celebrate how far that you've come. This has been a hard, hard year, and I don't know um, what exactly your year has looked like. I know what mine looked like. I know what the people around me look like, but you may have lost a family member. You may have um, lost your job. You may have had to move unexpectedly. There's a myriad of things that might have happened, but let's just take a moment before we start this message to celebrate that we've come through something really, 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 really hard. I think that we're way too hard on ourselves. We, we pressure ourselves to be perfect, to have all of our stuff together, but God is proud of you. God is so proud of you for enduring what we've had to endure over the past year in some change. And so let's pray and celebrate yourself. Take a second, whether in this message or after this message to reflect on the year that you've had and see how the Lord has sustained you, see how your faith has grown and all of that amazing things. Jesus, I thank you for everybody watching at home. God, I thank you for their lives. I thank you for how precious they are. God, I thank you um, for what you've brought us through. I, I, I pray that we would be able to see in every circumstance where you lifted our hands, where you took care of us, where you filled in the gap in our weaknesses, God, where you um, pushed us forward when we didn't know we could push any more forward, God. And I pray that um, everyone would take a moment to celebrate, celebrate what they have accomplished in, in coming in on the other side of this, that they have um, weathered a long year, a tough year, God. And I pray that they would be proud of themselves, God, that they would be, they would know that you are proud of them, God. And I just pray for this word. Um, I am an imperfect person who is preaching from a holy Bible. And so I pray that you would anoint my words. I pray that people would hear from you today, God, that people would know that they are loved by you, that they would know that you are for them and know that you see them in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Um, today is an amazing day. And I've loved the series of foundations that we have been going through. We have really great series as a church. I was just like reflecting on that. And I was like, we do, we do really good. Like 
we're really, we're really thinking. Um, I have loved every single message that we have uh, come through with. The, the four by seven last week, I love a four by seven. I love a four by seven. It's so exciting. You don't know what people are gonna say. You don't know who's gonna come up. Um, Macy and Amy and Kenneth and Aaron did an incredible job. If you did not watch that, take a second and look back at um, all of our messages. Like it, it's crazy how you, I'll often like look back and see how incredible things are and get different things that I didn't get from the first time that I, that I heard them. So watch that back. Um, they talked about prayer, but today I'm, I get the best one. I get the best thing to talk about in my personal opinion. You might think differently and that's fine because I'm, I'm the one who gets to talk about it. So in my personal opinion, I think this is the best one. It's worship. Ah, I love worship. I love it so much. Um, worship is like literally one of the foundations of my faith. When I started following the Lord, I had an interesting way of how I started following the Lord, but um, when I first saw worship was probably when I was about 12 years old. I went to a cousin of mine's um, youth group in middle school, and I will never forget this experience. It was unlike anything I've ever been a part of ever in life, where I walked into this room, and it was dark, besides like the lights on the stage, and of course, I came a little bit later, and... um, there were middle schoolers in the front on their face in the presence of God. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know this is what we were, we were signing up for. I don't see middle schoolers on their face for anything. Do you see middle schoolers on their face for anything? I personally don't. Um, you know, just that, that's just not cool. It's not cool to like be on your face in the presence of God. But when I tell you every single middle schooler was on their face in the presence of God, I had never, I knew God was real. Not only from the experiences that I had, but that just confirmed it in a way that I had never even, I couldn't even fathom. And it was cool too, because the people who were leading the young people were actually young people themselves. They were in high school and junior high as well. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, oh my gosh, I for sure had a crush on the worship leader, for sure. That's like a classic youth group kid thing. If you grew up in, in church, you, you probably know that, like you had a crush on the worship leader. Um, and I definitely did, but it did not stra- distract me from the presence of God and the encounters that I had in that junior high room was absolutely crazy. And I ended up going uh, on some of their summer camps as well. And uh, I had this crazy encounter with God where I was worshiping and I felt like a hug. It was so weird. It was one of the coolest experiences. I just really felt this warmth that had gone all through my back and it just felt like a hug. And so I've had some really incredible experiences with worship. And again, it was the foundation of my faith and the foundation of my walk with Jesus. I ended up coming to LA, coming to this church and um, started leading worship here at 13 or 14 um, with Pastor Nelson's lovely wife, Amy Luna, who is the goat, the absolute goat. Don't let anyone tell you any different. She's the goat. Um, and yeah, so she, she led me in all of her ways and I ended up leading that team and then got the honor of being up here and volunteering and serving on staff with the worship team here as well. So worship is, it's my bread and butter. I've love it. I have learned a lot about worship along the years in my decade or so of leading worship. And so I'm excited to talk about it today. And I believe that God is going to show you something that you have never known before about worship. Um, And we are going to learn from Gideon. 
the homie Gideon in Judges. If you don't know the story, we're about to go through it. I tried to cut out some stuff because I don't want to like bore you, but you really should read the whole story because it's pretty wild. Uh, Judges six through eight, just the whole, all those chapters, pretty wild. Um, But we are going to pick up in Judges six, chapter six, verse 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Now at this time, Gideon was living with the Israelites and the Israelites were submitted to a different God. They had run away. They had forgotten again. The poor Israelites, man, they really just, they're really like us. Like we forget so often so many things and the Israelites just love to worship anything but God, I feel like a lot of times. And so there was a lot of redirecting that was happening. And so this was one of the redirects that the Lord was doing. And so um, Gideon was one of the only people that uh, had followed God in his tribe. So the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon said, pardon me? I'm sorry, what? Me? Who? What? But if you are with us, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Have you ever asked that question before? Why are all these things happening to me? Why are there bad things in the world? At this time, because of the community's disobedience, they were experiencing a lot of turmoil and a lot of bad stuff was happening. So that's why Gideon was like, oh, if you're with us, then where are you at? Because I can't see you in anything right now. Can you relate? I have definitely related to this more recently than you would know. Um, There are all, where are all of the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did the Lord not bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hand of Midian. Very bold words to talk to the Lord. Clearly this man has a, has a confidence in his relationship with the Lord to be able to be that real and call Jesus and, or call God, Jesus, you know, the whole same thing, but it, it, this is the old Testament. So God, um, and be able to have a conversation with God in this way. So it continues in verse 14. It says, the Lord turned to him and said, go in strength. You have to you, go with the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? He hit him with a question mark. Am I not? He says, pardon me again. Pardon me, Lord. I'm so sorry. Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I'm the least in my family. Can you relate to that as well? I believe that if you are feeling like you are the least of those, God is always calling the least of those. If you read throughout the Bible, he's always choosing the person who doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for the Lord to pick Gideon. And so Gideon is calling God out being like, hey, I don't understand. Like I'm the weakest in my family. And I believe that for those of you who are watching online, who are feeling like they're at their weakest point, God is calling you. He is calling you mighty warrior. He's calling you to fight battles. Okay, okay, okay. The Bible said so. Um, The Lord answered, after he said, I'm the least in my family, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is, that you were really talking to me. Have you ever asked God for a sign? I definitely try not to do this because I'm like, no, my faith is strong. I don't need to ask for a sign. But I'm telling you, it's funny that I found this later, but like probably like three weeks ago, I was like, okay, God, if you want me to do this, 
Can you do this? I literally did this. I said, God, will you give me a sign? And I'm encouraged by the fact that Gideon asked for a sign. He asked for multiple signs, but we'll get to that. Um, And so he says, can you give me a sign that you are really talking to me? He wanted to confirm that this was really from God before he risked his life and did something stupid. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and send it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. Then Gideon proceeds to go prepare a traditional offering and sacrifice as an animal before the Lord. And what's amazing about this is that was his next response. He didn't immediately go into fear. He didn't immediately go to his friends and say, guess what God told me? He said, I'm the next thing and I'm gonna deliver the people of Israel from the Midianites. He didn't go to the grocery store. He didn't go move on with his day. His immediate response was go and worship who gave him the word. And I believe that the reason why this is, is because he had, he had this deep revelation of who God was. He wasn't just living his life saying, oh yeah, you're up there and that's cool. But worship, his worship was a response to a revelation of who God is and who God was to him. And so I'm going to say that to you today. Worship is a response to a revelation. In order to have worship be a foundation in your life, you need to know who you're worshiping. It might sound silly, but it's true. And if you don't know who you're worshiping, that's okay. You learn along the way. But I believe that the response to worship has to come from that revelation. You're not gonna experience the fullness of what worship is unless you don't have a relationship. That's why it was so good we started this series with salvation in in, uh, foundations because everything, our entire faith is based off of the relationship that God, that Jesus came down, gave his life so that we could have a relationship with him. Um, Just for fun, because I love God. Uh, In Psalm 103 verses two through five, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forgive not all his debts, who forgives all of our iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. Hello, has anyone felt like they've been in a pit? No, just me. Emily, raise her hand. Okay, cool. I've got a couple people here. I'm sure you're saying that at home as well. Um, but he redeems you from the pit. You don't have to live in the pit. He redeems you from the pit who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. Even if you don't feel like it, that is what he is crowning you with in Jesus' name and who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. See, you don't need Botox. You just need your faith in the Lord. Thanks guys. Thanks guys. Um, I believe that you're going to get a revelation today of who God is and the miraculous nature of who he is. And I believe that right now that you might be looking at some circumstances in your life and you're like, well, I am trusting God and look around. I don't understand. I would ask you to check in again because when that shift happens, everything changes. I promise you. And I'm saying this from experience of literally this past week. I was like, God, you know that you're my number one. You know that. And then I was in the pit. I was literally in the pit that Psalm was talking about. And I was like, I just don't understand why I'm in the pit. And then God said, where is your focus really? I was like, oh, you're right. And guess what? He pulled me out right quick. It was so quick. It was a decision that I made. And I believe that you're going to make the same decision today to choose to see God's perspective over your life. Worshiping is submission to Jesus and the authority over your life. In order to know Jesus, part of Jesus's character is that he's king. 
Whether you recognize it or not, he is. He's the king of kings, Lord of lords. You might've heard that in a worship song or two. Um, That's truly what worshiping is. It's submitting to his authority over your life. So once you know him, you know, oh, you're the king. You are miraculous. You are something that my brain almost can't even wrap around, but you saved me, you loved me. And now I'm putting my life in your hands and you have the authority over my life. So back to Gideon, right? Then God told Gideon, so they, you know, he sacrifices onto the Lord. And then God said to Gideon, go tear down the altar to Baal that was in the courtyard and replace it with an altar to God. So that happened. He did it in the middle of the night because he was low-key ashamed, but that's fine. He still did it. People still found out that he was the one who tore it down and built up one for God, but it was great. And then the spirit came onto Gideon and many people came to join the battle. So he was rearing to get ready to fight and, and gain the land back. So we're gonna pick it up in Judges six thirty six. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand, as you have promised, look, I will place a wool of fleece on the threshing floor. I'm gonna pause for a second. Remember how I said he asked for a sign and that he asked for more signs? This is another sign. So he already has the people, the spirit of the Lord basically has called all of these people to follow Gideon and he's still asking for another sign. It says, if there is dew only on the fleece and all of the ground is dry, then I will know that you will have saved Israel by my hand as you said. And that's what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew in a bowl full of water. Sign was made. God fulfilled the sign. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. I've definitely asked the Lord that. Please don't be angry with me. I know that you said that you were because I know you and I know your character. So please don't be angry with me. Let me just make one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece, but this time make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. So that night God did so. Not only was the fleece dry, but all the ground was covered in dew. Then Gideon and his army went. They were on their way, on the journey to fight, to gain back the land. In Judges 7, it picks up and it said, the the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. So Gideon's got his confidence. He's got his people with him. He's got the word of the Lord. He's like, let's go. We're going, we're going, we're going. And then God says, hold on, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know you're ready. You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would not, would boast against me. They would say by their own strength, my own strength has saved me. Man, have you been in a war where you're fighting to be good enough? Have you been fighting with yourself to be good enough? God took things away from Gideon in the the war that they were about to fight because they were too strong and they wouldn't give glory and honor and worship where worship was due, which was the exact point of what got them in this mess in the first place where they lost the authority because they were worshiping somebody else. It says in verse three, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 20,000 men left while 10,000 remained. First of all, 20,000 of them were scared. I don't know if I even want, I would want 20,000 men with me who were afraid. I probably wouldn't in a war. So it's probably better that they left anyway. So a third, two thirds of their squad left. And so you're thinking, great. Now there's 10,000 men. They're going on their merry way. But in verse four, it says, 
But the Lord God said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down by the water and I will thin them out there. God thinned the army down to 300 people. It went from 30,000 to 300. And then God said, that's good enough. That's great. You guys got all you need. Let's go. I'm sure Gideon felt afraid. I'm sure he felt like he didn't have what he needed to enter into the war. I'm sure he didn't feel like he had the right protection. I'm sure there wasn't a lot of training for these 300 people either. I'm sure that was very much a like get up and go. You know, you've prepared your whole life for this. Isn't that how like man worked back then? I don't know. Um, But the amazing thing about worshiping God and being under his authority is it brings the ultimate protection. As you put God as the head over your life, he is ruler and he will cover you with his ultimate protection. In Isaiah 40, there's so, so many scriptures, but I think this point is really, really important for today. In Isaiah 40, 10, it says, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. Some people today who are watching are gonna change their perspective on what fear and protection look like. You think that protection means that you are putting up the walls and putting up all the right things to make sure that you never get hurt again based off of the circumstances in your life. But when you're under God's authority and you are worshiping him, he protects you from things you don't even know. You do not even know. God in this situation, Gideon and his team had the ultimate protection, even though he looked around and it didn't seem like it. We have somebody on our side that's not visible. That's not gonna make sense. That's not logical to our human brains. God is too vast and too wonderful for us to understand. But he is here to protect you. There are so many scriptures. And I believe today that your perspective is gonna change on what protection means. God's got your back. He's got your back. I know it doesn't seem like it in some circumstances, but if you shift your eyes to worship and shift your eyes to remembering and knowing that you are under his authority, I believe it's gonna be a different experience for you. Um, Another thing that's really important about about worship and, and what you probably could tell from Gideon's story is that worship is shown in every part of your life. It's holistic. I know that you might think that it's just the first 10 minutes of a service where we come up here and we, you know, Megan sounded incredible. Brandon sounds so incredible as well. And everyone just does a shout. That's a very important part of worship. And we're going to talk about that in a second, but worship is holistic. It's every, it is submitting your life under the authority of who God is and trusting that he is going to take care of you. In Romans 12, 1, It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. If worship is every part of your life, you will experience the fulfillment you're looking for. I believe that, especially in our city, in the world, in our country, that we are searching desperately for this fulfillment that we will never, ever receive until we fully surrender our life and worship God in every single area of our life. 
That's why when Pastor Nelson was talking about giving and, and how that's an expression of worship, it is because you are taking your finances and you are submitting them under the authority of Christ. And you are saying, these are not under my authority, they're under yours. That is an act of worship. It's an act of sacrifice. That's why when I just read in, in Romans, your body is a sacrifice. Your life is a sacrifice. Every service act that you make is a sacrifice. It's worship. Now you might be thinking, okay, well, then what's with, why do we only call or often call singing worship? And, you know, I really thought about this and there are so many scriptures in the Bible where it says, sing, a Lord, sing to the Lord a new song. And, you know, they sing in heaven and that's, the act, that's an act of worship. And so I can't wait until we're all just singing in heaven, low key. I love to sing. And so I just can't wait for that. Um, I believe that singing is the most used because there's such a purity and vulnerability with singing. Um, I, I talked to a fellow friend who also sings and we were talking about how we hate karaoke. It's just a fear. Just when you know how to sing, you just don't want to go because it's so vulnerable and you don't want to seem like you're trying to be like Christina Aguilera, you know? Um, and you just kind of end up, you don't want to be a show off, but then people who are like not super great at singing, they don't also don't really want to sing karaoke unless they, you know, know how to have a good time and just kind of can let loose because it's vulnerable. It's a super vulnerable thing, whether you can sing or not. Um, I'm sure any singer that you can talk to, is just this act of, of putting your heart kind of out on a platter. Um, the most vulnerable I've ever seen any type of um, person other than in the house of God is at a One Direction concert. Um, I have my best friend here who has been my best friend for over a decade. We met in middle school and we were friends, but our friendship was solidified with One Direction. It was cemented. It, it, it was a unifying thing that happened. And I don't know if, if you've never been to a One Direction concert, we actually went and we had to leave early because it was piercing. Like it was so, the way that they were screaming and like just going for it, it was wild. Now, if you don't know what One Direction is, that's totally okay. I'm gonna teach you the um, expression fangirl. And it's existed for centuries. Um, I don't know when the term was created, but I'm sure that you have seen, um, can we put up the first photo? These are Beatles fans. These are the Beatles. These are their fans. I mean, I don't know anything that's more vulnerable than this. This is like true, just, there are no walls up. They are not guarding any part of their heart. They are vulnerable. Can we go to the next one? These are Michael Jackson fans. If you were a Michael Jackson fan, these are some of them in the front row. I mean, just the girl in the middle, like, is she okay? I'm worried for her. Like the vulnerability, the tears, oh, the girl right next to her, just like the pain, but I'm sure it was just pure joy. Okay, the next photo. Um, a little less tame or a little more tame here. This was um, sync for the, the kids that grew up in the 90s. Um, my mom listened to sync and not the Backstreet Boys. So I chose sync. I'm sorry if you were a Backstreet Boys fan. Um, but just the dolls, they purchased dolls. They really gave their money there. And then the last photo here is um, One Direction. So I, no, I will tell you right now, no, I was not one of these fans. Mostly because those tickets were way too expensive way too expensive. Um, and for those of the dads and the men are probably like, I would never act like that at anything ever. I would never act like that. Um, just that level of vulnerability. You might be telling me, yeah, you know, vulnerability is a hard thing for me because I'm a man and I understand that. But then I just have one question for you. What is this? 
What is this? These are Philadelphia Eagles fans. Shout out. Shout out to my friend, Emily. Um, this is unlike anything I've ever seen in my whole life. Low key, I don't know what's hanging on that one dude's ears. Like it low key looks demonic. Like, is that a voodoo doll of a, a Giants fan? Like, I don't know what's going on there. That kind of got into other things. But these people are, are committed. They are, they are not holding anything back at all. So I just wanted to address both sides of the coin. There is a certain level of vulnerability that comes with singing. And I, I believe that, and, and to relate it to the fangirl thing, is there is this wall that comes down and their bodies almost like take over their souls where they're like screaming. And it's like, are you even a person anymore? Like that, the, the, the Eagles fan, are you even a person? Your face is green, sir. Do you realize that your face is green? We are made up of three parts. We are made up of body, soul, and spirit. And I think why, we're, or why singing and why lifting your hands is so important is because it is a physical act telling your flesh, which can often act up, to submit to your spirit. Submit to my spirit. So when you walk into church or you put a worship song on your, your car or you're playing it in your house when you're cleaning and you are singing and you take a moment to close your eyes and sing out and declare what is true over your life, there's something different that shifts. It is your body submitting and your soul submitting to the spirit, the Holy Spirit that's within inside of you. Because there's a lot of times we let a bunch of lies run through our head. We just let the devil have free reign in our head. But then when we sing a song like Champion, it redirects everything. Oh, wait, that is what you said about me. That is, okay, I'm gonna lift my hands, even if I don't, especially if I don't feel like it, to remind my body that you will submit to the spirit of the holy God that is living with inside of me. In Psalm 96, one through three, it says, sing to the Lord, a new song. Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. This week, I want you to declare over your life. If it's just in your car on the way to work, if it's just cleaning your house, whatever it is, take a moment and declare what God says about you and what he says about situations and what he says and, and declare about who God is. Remind yourself that he's in the one in control. Back to Gideon. Gideon divides his 300 men into three companies and he places trumpets in empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. They are ready. They are ready. Before this, it actually says that he got confirm Gideon got confirmation again. And again, his response was to bow down and worship. And after he worshiped, he returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your, into your hands. He worshiped and he came out of that height. Hype. That was like his little huddle. He was like, oh God, that's what we're saying now. That's what we're saying. Okay, I've got confirmation. We're going in. We don't have that response a lot of times. We sit in our own feelings and our own thoughts. But this week is gonna be different, y'all. God is calling us to get up. Get up. We've been sitting in our homes. We've been afraid. And God has been with us this whole time. And he's saying, you got this. You've got this. 
get up, we're going to fight. There's a world out there that does not know who Jesus is, who needs examples. Get up, be encouraged. God sees you and He loves you. I gotta tell you the end of Gideon's story. Gideon and a hundred men with them reached the edge of the camp and beginning in the middle watch just after they had changed guard, they blew their trumpets and broke their jars. They made some noise that were in their hands. The three companies blew trumpets and smashed their jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets where they were to blow. They shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled, their enemies. When the 300 trumpets sounded, an act of worship, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. They didn't even have to fight. The act of worship and who they were submitted to fought on their behalf. Why do you keep trying to fight your own battles? Why? I understand that you think that you have to, but you don't. I'm telling you, this is a new season. God is calling us to a new season. We're not, we're coming out of something. Whether we're, we're leaving our homes or our jobs look differently or our lives, our day-to-day looks differently, something spiritual is shifting. And God wants to do it through your worship. I bet along the way, if we've been at home, it's like when you were maybe in the building or in whatever environment that you were in, that you were worshiping and it was easy because yeah, look around, everybody's doing it too. And this is great. But with the year of being at home, your worship has drifted. You've let your spirit rule or you've let your your flesh rule over your spirit. Today's different. Today is gonna be different. So why don't you get up? I believe that you're going to worship God in every area of your life and he will fight the biggest battle for you. You won't have to fight it. So why don't we stand to our feet right now and we are going to worship like we have never worshiped before. We are going to lift our hands. We are going to shout even if our neighbors don't understand. We are going to declare what God has said over our lives. We are not gonna agree with what the enemy has said. We are going to get into agreement with what the Spirit of God is saying. God, you have the authority over our lives. No longer are we gonna try to take back authority. We are going to submit that to you because you are our God, you are our King. You have everything that we need. You are our protection, you are our light. We are the apple of your eye. We are gonna worship. Come on, let's do it team.